you know, Paul says in Colossians, you know, 2, 14 and 15, that Christ through, you know, through being pierced for our transgressions and all of that stuff, that he also disarmed the rulers and the principalities and that he put them to open shame, triumphing over them in him. And so, you know, uh, no matter how dark the world gets, no matter how dark things may get in your own life, there is a, a king of light that you can look to and order your life according to. And uh, like you said, his, his name has power. Um, so much so that the early church um, in the first century, whenever they were writing, actually said that during that time, the gods, the old gods, just so happened to stop talking. And the reason why is it's, it's the world after Christ. Now, obviously, we're kind of entering into a, a resurgence of paganism out there in the world. And, you know, the old gods are starting to come back and they're starting to talk again. But the reality is this, Christ is King and He is Lord. That's what it means that He is Lord. And uh, whenever that message is proclaimed, that message has power. And uh, in the same way that He has put His enemies under His feet in the past, He will and can continue to do the same thing in the present and on into the future as well, until Earth becomes a reflection of Him. Earth becomes a reflection of Him. Welcome to this week's edition of The Sword and Staff. I'm one of your hosts, Josh Robinson. And Sketchy Richie is unfortunately not in the house this evening. I'm recording this week's introduction solo, and that's because last night we had the opportunity to sit down with the fellows from Appalachian Intelligence. We sat down until almost midnight just, just chatting and uh, just having a good time, having a lot of laughs, talking about a lot of weird stuff. Uh, it was a really good time. And so uh, on this week's edition of The Sword and Staff, you're going to get to hear that conversation that Sketchy Richie and I had with the fellows from Appalachian Intelligence. So that being said, uh, we hope that you enjoy this week's edition. We hope that you learn something. Um, there was some really good stuff here. I mean, we, we, it was a really broad-ranging conversation. We talked about Sons of God, Nephilim stuff. We talked about psychedelics. We talked about treasure hunting. We, tra- we talked about the ancient Near East. We talked about mythology. We talked about um, epistemology and how we know things and, and how, uh, how to think about reality. I mean, it was just a really broad conversation. It was a lot of fun. And uh, we hope that you guys enjoy this episode. Also, make sure to go check out the fellas over at Appalachian Intelligence. You can find them on Instagram. Uh, Just do a quick Google search, and you'll be able to pull up all of their content there on Google. Also, go follow them on iTunes, um, on Apple Podcasts, whatever uh, platform it is that you're listening on. And with that being said, we hope that you enjoy this week's edition of The Sword and Staff, where we did a crossover with Appalachian Intelligence. We'll see you on the other side of the episode. Hey there, Hill folk, and welcome back to another episode of Appalachian Intelligence. Uh, we're extremely grateful that you guys could join us again for another episode, for another week. Uh, with you, Justin and Ryan, Lance, y'all know how he is. He's Again, he's like a ninja. He just comes in and out whenever. So I'm sure when he comes in, he'll make his presence known. But fortunately for y'all, 
you uh you don't just have to listen to me and ryan chop it up and, and banter back and forth today today we have a couple really really special guests for you hill folk uh today we actually have a pair of hill folk historians these guys are indicters of ancient entities they they're mixing middle earth and middle appalachia sound theology with a little bit of sketch shining the light of christ on the encroaching darkness we've got josh and richie from the sword and staff podcast josh richie how are you fellas oh man i am doing great richie how are you today man listen these intros we can't live up to this stuff like <laughs> I, we, we heard your episode you done with ward and he said the same thing and i was like we got to be ready for this. Yeah, man, that is phenomenal. That's <laughs> the greatest introduction anybody it has is. ever given us. Thank you so much for that. Well, that's that's kind of what we pride ourselves on here. I said, you know, Ryan, one of the Justin best does. ways. Justin's well, really yeah, good I mean, at it. I said, one of the best. Yeah, thanks, Ryan. I appreciate that. I really <laughs> do appreciate that. One of the best ways that you encourage guests to come on to your podcast is do super awesome intros and make them feel really, really good about themselves. You know, <laughs> that that. That, it's that Appalachian hospitality. It is. That's it. Y'all come back now. You hear? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. But no, guys, we're we're super grateful that you guys could join us. Um, you know, with this, this has been something that's been in the works for a pretty good while now, and I feel like that. That timing is everything and, and everything falls into place the way that it's ordained and orchestrated to be. And I think this is happening right now for uh, a huge reason. Um, but before we get, jump in here, why don't you guys tell the Hill folk out there a little bit about yourselves, how you got started into the podcast game um, and just what you guys do and what you talk about. Yeah. You want to go first or you want me you to go, go first? first. Yeah, so my name is Josh Robinson, and um, I am a pastor. I planted a church here in the coal fields of West Virginia back in 2016, 2017. And um, so, you know, uh, I did that full time for five years. I also work now uh, bivocationally as uh, at, at the local sheriff's department. So I pastor and uh, I, I do the law enforcement stuff. And um, about three years ago, three, four years ago now, um, I kind of ended up down a, a weird rabbit hole where um, I, I came across a book that really rocked my world. And it was The Unseen Realm by Dr. Michael Heiser. And um, it it really kind of shifted my view on things and uh, just my view of the world, honestly. And... Obviously, for those who are watching, they've seen probably by now the the docu series Dark Holler, and that kind of records some of the things that happened very shortly after uh, getting hold of Dr. Michael Heiser's book. But um, Richie, uh, Richie has—I don't want to tell your story—but Richie has been a paranormal investigator for 15 years, and whenever I come across Dr. Michael Heiser's book, Unseen Realm, um, I knew that Richie had a lot of experience, kind of in that that realm of things, and so. You know, Richie and I have been friends for for years. Gosh, I don't even know how long we've been friends. Probably like eight close years. Close to 10 years. Yeah, yeah. close to 10 years. <clears throat> and, um, you know, I just asked him, I was like, hey, you, you know anything about this divine council stuff and, you know, the gods of the nations and, you know, all this stuff? And he's like, oh, yeah, how much time do you got? And yeah, so I remember that night vividly. <laughs> like, I was I was surprised that you were even into that kind of thing. Yeah, and it it kind of led us down the rabbit hole 
of wanting to kind of bring these two worlds together, like me being a pastor, him being a paranormal investigator, and kind of showing that in the Christian worldview, um, you can actually make sense of a whole lot of this stuff. And I think that the tendency for a lot of Christians, especially in the modern day church, is to write off a lot of this stuff or to make people feel like they're crazy if they're experiencing stuff like this. And I have learned as a pastor that uh, whenever you do that, you're, you're you're likely to hurt people, to run them off, and to actually make them hate the church. And so, um, so yeah, so a lot of our conversations just kind of started from there, like trying to make sense of this stuff. And it's led us down a lot of, of deep, deep rabbit holes. I mean, talking about, you know, alien abductions to demon possessions to the the myths of the ancient Near East and the gods and all of that stuff. So, yeah, that's kind of my perspective. Richie, you can feel free to chime in and add whatever you want to that. Yeah, I've, I've been a professional. I've been a paranormal researcher and investigator for 15 years. And Josh and I were kind of at odds with each other when this first started like he we were close to being enemies if not fully there yeah and we were in a lot of the same uh group chats uh debating back and forth for the longest time yeah and then just one night uh, we were frenemies yeah and then one night about three years ago he just sends me a message goes what do you know about divine council theology and i was like listen i'm just completely in shock right now like he he went from it was such a huge pendulum swing on his viewpoints with things like that. It was it was pretty crazy. Yeah. And then being a pastor, you know, uh, one of the responsibilities I have is like, I can't just make stuff up as a pastor. <laughs> like, you can't do that. So, uh, you know, it, it sent me really back to the Bible and really back to the history of the church to see what they had to say about a lot of stuff. And And as I did that, I found out that it was there. It's always been there. And it's really only the modern church that's just kind of truncated its view of the supernatural. And so I feel like that what we're doing um, is is re-enchanting all of life from a, a distinctly Christian perspective, um, kind of making sense of a lot of this stuff. And, hey, that's that's that landed us here with you guys. So, <laughs> yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Well, I'm glad Listen. that uh, Justin. <laughs> Yeah, go for it. I know you're going to go right into it, and I have questions first. Hey, ask your questions, brother. You're you're just a host a of this show, too. Well, just a couple, because all that from uh, listening to the psychedelic episodes you guys did recently today, I got to hear that for the first time. When you, uh, what was the Greek word? Um, pharma- Pharmakia. 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 So they considered that like a sorcery is what you were saying, witchcraft, but under pharmacia, wouldn't you, you just be able to say medicine, right? That is where our modern word for, for pharmaceuticals comes from. And yeah. yeah. And, um, I, I think that, I think that there's a lot of things you could probably throw under that term, honestly, especially with yeah, a lot I mean, of the drugs that are prescribed today. Yeah. So ones that. Probably shouldn't be described, but then, you right. know, on the, on the other side of it, there's medicine with benefits, even though it is kind of poison to your body, such as radiation for cancer, things like that. Yep. So, I mean, that, that to me, that's a debacle, but, mm-hmm. um, 
Your mind, is, your mind is firing right now, ain't it? Oh, on all cylinders. It's hard for my mouth to keep up right now. It's hard for me to process what I want to ask. I love it. Okay. Okay. In, so in the, in the in the amount of time, so the Elohim uh, met up with the other Elohim, basically. Oh, we're going straight there. Divine okay, council. We're, we're going quick. Right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So so Genesis okay. six, <clears throat> to kind of put it into perspective, in the Genesis six narrative in the Bible, basically what you have is you have a, a a group of rogue Elohim. You know, some of the languages you see in the scriptures used for them are sons of God. Basically, they're that's angels. One. Yep, yep, that's right. Um, basically, what they do is like Satan in the garden. They they rebel against God, and they go to mankind, and, they, and very similar to the Genesis 3 story, they give mankind knowledge that they shouldn't have. It's the same thing with Satan in the garden, right? It's the same picture. Giving them knowledge of this tree that they yep. were forbidden to eat from, and being like, hey, if you do this, you're going to become like God. Um, God doesn't want you to do this. It's going to give you the knowledge of good and evil, and you'll be like him. And it's the same kind of story repeated over, you know, a little bit of a difference here and there, but it's basically the same story repeated out <clears throat> in Genesis chapter six. Sweet. Yeah. Now, I no, I never, I thought I always understood it to be, I thought it was God talking to other gods, but they considered those the sons of man mm -hmm. came down, right? And yeah. And lay, laid with the dot. No, wait. How did it? Sons, sons of God, of God. Yeah. came sons into the daughters God of men. Came down into the daughters of men. That's right. That's yeah. the Nephilim, right? Yeah, yeah. The offspring yep. of those. Yeah. So right. they were considered Elohim. The uh, the giants, the the offspring. No, 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 The fallen angels. That's correct. Yep. 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 Okay. Yep. That's where my mix up was because when gotcha. when, it, when it was like Elohim came to these other Elohim, I'd be like. uh, I'm Elohim too. Who are you? I'll just do what I want. How about that? But I was thinking Odin, all these other guys, you know, like, and then Jesus was just like, Hey, your time's up. One God now. I'm like what? But, I mean, why else would the Bible have in the 10 commandments? Thou shalt put no other gods before me. If there were no other gods. Yeah, no, yeah, that's yeah. a, that's a great question. Well, There were, yeah, that's right. There were. Yeah. One hundred percent. Yep. No, you're you're yeah. right to draw that and that's, conclusion. And... Job, I know Ryan. a lot of people spin that today and like, oh well, you you're on your cell phone, not paying attention to the pastor in church on Sunday. You're putting something before God, and I understand that. But at that point in time, they didn't have cell phones and other crap. They had other gods, apparently. Yeah. yeah. No, you're you're one hundred percent right. Yeah. That's an application that people draw from that text today is, you know, putting something before God. Um, but you're right. In the in the ancient context of that passage, I mean, this is putting other real spiritual entities before the one true God. Like that's that's the context. That's what was going on. I mean, you look at Israel's neighbors and they're worshiping uh, like the Canaanites. They're worshiping El. They're worshiping Baal. They're worshiping, worshiping Ashtoreth. Um, those are all real beings. And then you look at Babylon and they're, you know, they're they're worshiping their own set of deities. And you look at Egypt and they're doing the same thing with Ra and, you know, Horus and Osiris. And those are real spiritual beings. And the reason why the Bible gives that command, don't have any other gods before me, is because it is totally possible to do that. <laughs> Which, yeah. it, uh, you know, what you're talking about the eye of Horus there. It, it's 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 pretty funny that our pineal glands 
are identical to the eye of Horus. Do you not agree? You mean the shape, like the way they look? The shape of the eye of Horus. Look at the shape, yeah. Yeah. And then look at a picture of your pineal gland. Hmm. Yeah. Nuts. Yeah. How did the Egyptians know about, <laughs> like, which brings me to my next point. Uh, mushrooms run everything. <laughs> <laughs> they run the whole world, just so you guys know. And I think the forbidden fruit was mushrooms, not apples yeah. like everybody pictures. I think it was mushrooms. It's the fruit of the fungi. Is It's the, it's the, uh, Male and female appendages of mycelium, which is the actual fungus, mm -hmm. but the budding fruit, I think, is mushrooms. I think that was the, I think that was the magic key. Interesting, <laughs> interesting take. Well, I mean, just like uh, what was the the, uh, uh, what's the theory? I love Justin. I can't think of it right now. I'm stoned ape, theory. stoned ape theory. You ever oh, heard of boy. that? Oh, yeah, I've heard of it, yeah. I mean, come on, how fast we developed. Yeah, it's, yeah, called, a okay. it's, called, it's called a creator. But anyway. I know my mind's firing on all cylinders right now. <laughs> I can't yeah. tell. I can't tell a bit. Like, I can't tell a bit. I can't tell a bit. <laughs> this is like this is like the fastest 21 questions in the history of the world. I'm hey, sorry, we're, Justin. We're, we're here for it. That's what we're here That's for. That's what we're here for. I told you earlier, I was like, Josh seems like a guy I can ask questions to. Did I not say that? And I told you, ask him. He is a guy. Oh, that's what I'm doing. Why you keep bringing it up? <laughs> <laughs> I don't hey, get it. That's what that's what I'm here for, man. That's what I do for a living, literally. I told you guys, he's getting grouchy. He's getting grouchy. Hey, I'm the, I was laughed as I said that. I'm just, pl I'm, Ryan, I'm playing, okay? I'm playing. We're going to move on. Are you ready to move on? I'm going to mute myself. Do you have any more questions right now? Proceed. <laughs> okay. So now that all those questions are out of the way and we jumped into a whole lot of different things really, really, really quickly, trying to bring this thing back around. So we talked to an associate of your guys and uh, the man behind Dark Holler, the docuseries. Hopefully, a lot of the Hill folk out there have checked out Dark Holler to this point because it's an absolutely wonderful docuseries um josh here you'll recognize as the pastor behind all the happenings throughout that show and everything going on um and we're talking about ward honey uh we love ward i know you guys love ward great dude but you guys are and have been working on for for what i understand um for a couple years at least now it's something that you guys have coming out, hopefully fall of next year, from what I understand. Yeah, and, and you guys have dubbed it Shadow Appalachia. So why don't you, uh, you hop it up here, tell Hill Folk a little bit about Shadow Appalachia and get them as excited as I am. Hopefully a lot of them have seen and kind of know what we're talking about already because every time you guys share something on social media, mm -hmm. I'm trying to come right behind and share it, you know, right along beside to get people excited for it. So, but why don't you just let the folks know a little bit about Shadow Appalachia and and kind of the basis behind that and what you guys are trying to to show and, and conceive through this. Yeah. Without yeah, swallowing it, um, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh Shadow Appalachia sort of comes on off of the heels of what we were digging into with Dark Holler. So yeah. all the threads that we 
eventually uncovered digging into Kristen's case we're sort of expounding on now so zooming out from her case in particular to high strangeness in Appalachia in general so yeah so we really like Richie said it, it does it comes off of the heels of, of Dark Holler and you know if you've watched Dark Holler you know that it it kind of zoom starts to zoom out like it starts with this girl and then it moves out to her family and then it moves out to like this family encountering a known demonic being from the ancient Near East. Right? And like other families in the and, region. And then other families in the region who've experienced similar stuff. <laughs> so basically what we're doing is we're continuing to kind of follow that trail and to kind of make sense of all of the high strangeness in Appalachia. And so kind of a play on, you know, Appalachia was the name Shadow Appalachia. This place, uh, there's a lot of people who live in this area who knows that there is a lot of odd, strange, dark things that happen here. And so we're, we're kind of um, trying to make some sense of that. Like some of the things that people have grown up with knowing about here, um, there's a lot more truth to these stories than they thought that there was. And you can actually make sense of those things um, with, with kind of the, the perspective that we're, we're putting out there. So that's kind of what we're doing. Um, we have been working on it for quite a while. I was going to say, especially with the uh, episode five of Dark Holler, you really yeah. begin to see that the that zooming out into yeah. the region. Yeah, the 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 seeds are kind of laid in episode five of Dark Holler. Yep. Um, it starts here at the kitchen table where we're at right now, and um, mm -hmm. yeah, and that's that's where we're at with it. And so I think that I think that we've almost got episode one of it already finished. I think Wood yeah. said that it, we had a pretty good episode one already. Um, first season, let me say this as well. So the first season, we're, we're really drilling into Logan County, West Virginia. And that wasn't always the case. That like wasn't the first season the we were going to feature uh, various uh, concentrated places of high strangers. So Logan, Point Pleasant, uh, Flatwoods, all these locations in, in one season. But now it's a little too ambitious. Now, yeah, it's a little bit too ambitious. Bit too There's ambitious. too many threads to go down to uncover. So we decided season one would just zoom in completely on Logan County. We would give a whole and, season to it. Yep. And setting the sort of foundations which, for the rest. Which is fascinating because if anybody knows anything about Logan County, West Virginia, there's a lot of strangeness in Logan County, West Virginia. So oh, yeah. you've got, you know, one of the famous stories here is the case of Mamie Thurman, who was murdered and then her body was dropped on 22 Mine Road. And everybody knows that if you go up there at certain times, you can encounter the the ghost of, of Mamie Thurman. And then, you know, we've got coal mine lore, which we did a whole episode about too. Yep. Um, and, you know, there's fairy lore that that's come over from Scotland and Ireland into coal mining lore. And people experience fae in, in the coal mines. And then we've got tons sight, of cryptids, tons and, of UFO cryptids and UFO reports. We've got sightings of devil dogs here. So we're we're basically drilling into Logan County, and there's going to be kind of like an episode dedicated to all of these threads, and that, that's not even counting the Native American threads. Yeah, we're we're kind of making the case that Logan County is a window area, like, like John Kill describes for Point Pleasant. Yeah, there's a lot of connections between actually between Logan County and Point Pleasant. If you want to, yeah, which we you can know, I, I think I think I've actually read somewhere where somebody's made that connection before. I can't remember where that was. But as soon as you said that, it just dawned on me. I remember that now. Yeah, one of the big connection points is uh, Chief Cornstalk in Point Pleasant to put the curse on Point Pleasant. Yeah. His yes. daughter, Prince, Princess Saracoma, is buried, buried down here in Logan. Downtown so. Logan at the courthouse. Yes. And then 
you know, that's there's, right. There's another connection point too. So there was a hotel that used to reside in the center of Logan called the Aracoma Hotel. It's named after Princess Aracoma. Well, whenever they tore down that hotel, they found basically what was a, a burial mound underneath the hotel. And there was a child there with what is described in the, the archaeological um, findings as a bird man gorget that was attached still yet. Now, if you know anything about the Point Pleasant Mothman case, you know that Mothman was originally called the Birdman. Bird yeah. Birdman. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that is. And see, that's the thing that I love. And and I know this is going to sound, well, it's not going to sound weird for anybody listening to this show. It only sounds weird to normal people that, you know, don't listen to what we have to deliver. <laughs> but that's what I love when you start diving in and digging into some of these things and some of these topics and you start looking at the history of it. And, you know, a lot of things that you're sitting back and looking, especially with a lot of these, you know, different paranormal TV shows or some of these things like people are really, 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 really stretching, trying to make some of these connections. Yeah. Everything that you guys said right there, you're not having to stretch. You're not, I mean, the connections are already there. Like you're not having to, to make up some kind of big fabricated story or, or to, to grasp at straws. I mean, it's all there. It's all documenting what happened. Yeah, yeah, when, when yeah. you look at these threads, we lay it all at the feet of these elemental spirits that the natives worship. So you can link Mothman to the uh, the Birdman and even things like the the Black Panther sightings in West Virginia. It's literally linked to a elemental spirit called the Wampus. So all of these things were linking to Native American and for me, roots. And for me, Justin, the thing that you're saying there um, about not having to stretch, that's, that's something that's very important to me, especially as, as being a pastor. Um, I think in a very straightforward way, I think it's fair to say. And, you know, I, I'm able to see connections and, and to make connections because that's what I do. And so for me, a lot of this plays into just being a good local, right? Like yeah. just being a good local and knowing the stories of the area that you're in and being able to tell that and also to be able to to understand the stories of the, your surrounding area and to show how they that there's connection points there. And so for for me, that's a lot of what it is. Is I, I, it's just being a good local, or you can call it being a good historian of your area, of your area, whatever you want to call it. But to me, that's that's a part of it. it you, you know, you you, yeah. you don't have to make those big stretchy connections. Yeah. If you you know the area that you're in, sketchy well, you know, sketchy stretchy connections. As the, as the generations go on, less and less kids are going in the woods. So. It's At true. least with things like this, you'll be able to keep these stories alive. Mm, you know, whether, yeah. who, you know, if Mothman's real or not, who cares? You're going to keep that story going. You know, I don't think that story is going to go anywhere. They got a statue of the guy <laughs> in Mount Pleasant. So <laughs> I true. think he's safe. Yeah. But, you know, like the part of, I had completely forgotten about Chief Cornstalk cursing Mount Pleasant and his daughter, Eric Coman going all the way into Logan County. I remembered that connection when you said it, but yeah, see that's, that's well, and, parts of those stories. Yeah. And talking about going into the woods, talking about going into the woods. <laughs> I mean, these guys and what they're doing. I mean, Stephen Kyle like, say don't go in the woods. <laughs> well, that, that is funny. <laughs> Stephen Kyle from hollow sky, you know, they live up, they live in Illinois 
and we'll be telling stories on here and talking to those dudes about certain things. They're like, man, y'all got to stay out of the woods. Y'all you don't go into the woods. I said, guys, <laughs> where our we, we literally live in the woods. Yeah, yeah. We, we can't have, escape we, the woods. That's what we do. We have, yeah, we have to leave the woods to go anywhere. That's yeah. exactly what I was about to say. We're literally sitting at the foot of a mountain yeah, and, right you know, now. up a hollow in the woods right now. Right now. So it's just, yep. can't escape it. Yep. Same, same. But no, talking about going into the woods. We here with our little crew, our little ragtag crew of, of dudes, we've recently found something. Uh, well, I won't say found. We've rediscovered something kind yeah. of in the same way that you guys have recently rediscovered something that has huge ties to, a, I think, anyway, to a lot of the things that you guys are talking about here. Um and, you know, this stuff that I'm bringing up, I don't know how much of this and, and how much you're willing to share on it. If at any time you don't want to share a whole lot, just, yeah, just say, go hey, like this. We'll stop. Yeah, can't do it. <laughs> but you guys recently found something on a little excursion um, around your area. Would you like to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's out there in the public. So we can talk about that. Um, so, um we rediscovered a lost serpent mound in Logan County, West Virginia. And it's so cool. Yeah. And so there's that just goes about to, to the point that he said that nobody goes in the woods anymore. I mean, the yeah. entire community had no idea that this thing was still back there. Like it was local lore that the coal mines destroyed it at one point. So they just forgot about it. So we went back there and sure enough, it was still there. It was still there. And the, the, the process of finding that started about a half a year ago now or so. Yep. Um, you know, there was a picture of it that got put on from the, the local newspaper from like the 70s, got shared out. And it was a, it was a local historian who shared it out. And, and I asked him if he knew anything about it. And, and, you know, come to find out he didn't know a ton about it. Um, you know, he's just a local historian. He's trying to preserve these stories, kind of like what we're doing here, but he's doing it in a different way than we are. And uh, so we were immediately stunned by this discovery that there was a serpent mound in Logan County, because as as people know, there's there's not a ton of those um, in on this this continent. Like there's there's not a lot of them. Uh, there's the no. big one that everybody knows about in in Adams County, Ohio, but. Um, so we're like, we've got to see if this thing still exists. And so we started the process. We've got some very crafty guys in our church, some big time yeah. hunters who use like you know, hardcore hunting software. You know, they can see who owns property lines. They can see, you know, zoom in on maps and look at structures and all that kind of stuff. And one of those guys, um, found the general area that we knew it to be in. And he felt like that he was confident that he located it. Well, come to find out, it was on the backside of a mountain that's literally in the backyard of one of our other church members. And the, the guy was like, oh, I know that mountain like very well. Like it's, I know it like the back of my hand. I ride the trails up there all the time. So it was kind of a two-part process. Like one guy kind of point, you know, uh, put points out to, to look at. And the other guy kind of did some scouting and got as close as he possibly could without actually finding it being like, I'm pretty confident it's, it's in this area. So we set out one day, um, us and a crew of guys and with Ward Heine and, and, uh, we, we rediscovered it. We literally walked up on it. Um, and it was, it was epic. It was mind blowing because the, the area that we were standing in, according to the, 
archaeological findings done by a guy named Gary Wilkins um, back in 1979 um, in the journal article that he wrote for the Tennessee Archaeological, uh, I can't remember if it was the Tennessee Archaeological Journal or for the Tennessee Archaeological Society. I've got it here in my files. I'd have to go back and look. But um, basically, he said that it dated back to at least 500 B.C. So this is before Christ, 500 years, okay? And the thing and was— this even predates the natives. So this is something that goes even beyond— Well, yeah, it, it for sure predates Princess Ericoma. Yeah. Princess Ericoma lived in the area— in uh, around the era of the Protestant Reformation, which is 16, you know, 1500, 1700s, 1700s in that era. And so this is significantly older than what's called the prehistoric village in downtown Logan that was there. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, it was just, it was mind blowing. I mean, we walked up on it and we, we were just taken aback by it and just knowing that we were standing in an area that was there before Christ. And not only that, but it was an area that was dedicated to the worship of a principality. Um, you know, it was uh, it was definitely something else. It yeah, was, we, we spent like a few weeks and a couple months looking at satellite images and going off of rumors and newspaper articles yeah. and reports. And before we knew it, we tracked it down to like a, what was the search area? Like about a mile, uh, about, maybe a half, about a mile. Once we got back there and... By the time we realized where we were at, we were literally standing on it. Like we walked out on the spine of this serpent mound. That's, that's so awesome, man. That's so yeah. awesome. And it's it's crazy how much, you know, or how similar it is to our experience with these with these cliff rock carvings, these petroglyphs that we came across literally in our hometown. Um, and this just happened, I mean, out of nowhere. You know, a we guy we work it. with knew about it this whole time. That's how it always is. <laughs> yeah. It's always some, it always is. It's yeah. some random guy who always knows it, yeah. but it's, it's not a big deal. Yeah. And then when yeah. we Justin brought it up, he was like, "Oh yeah, that's been up there forever." Like, you idiot. Well, I mean, we do even, a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like even before that, though, you know, he didn't he didn't start talking about that until we brought it up that this other guy. So try to make it as short a story as possible here. Um, I was camping at the, don't shake your head around. I can make it short. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I was camping at our local campground. Um, and there was a couple, a man and a wife who, you know, are good friends of mine and actually, you know, big time fans of the show. They came by and I was, well, it was when I was still in the process of wanting to do this little mini documentary about the Russell Fork river. So I'm talking to him about that and, you know, about all this history that I'm coming across and all these conflicts between the natives and the settlers and all this different stuff. And he said, uh, yeah, he said, so have you seen the rock carvings that, that overlook the town? I said, what? He said, yeah, there's, there's rock carvings right up above such and such that overlook the town. H have you seen those? I said, no, I've never even heard of that. You know, I've lived here my entire life, never heard of it. And he was like, well, yeah, I've got pictures. So he pulls up pictures on his phone and shows me these things. And my mind was just blown from the get go blown. I said, dude, how, I mean, how did you come across these? He said, well, it's, you know, uh, it's leased, you know, hunting property, private property, but you know, I've got permission to hunt on there. Um, and you know, it, it's, it's just there. It's, I came across it one day hunting took some pictures of it because I thought it looked really cool. And, and that was that. So for a, a couple weeks, 
you know, me and Ryan and Lance, we're talking about this. And, you know, I have these pictures and I sent them out to everybody. Like right before we'd ever even went up there to it, I sent them to like every contact that we had. And I was like, what, what are these? What is this? Who did it? Where, where does it date from? You know, and nobody could tell me anything, nothing. So finally, we go up there to check this thing out. I get directions to it. Me, Ryan, and Lance, my son and Ryan's son. We go up there. It was on a Sunday, uh, pouring the rain. It was absolutely pouring the rain that day. But we had put it off like for two or three weeks. And finally, we were like, no, no forget it. We ain't putting this off anymore. Let's go check this thing out. So we go up there, we drive to the spot, we hike, you know, a pretty good little hike. And it was kind of the same thing like you guys were just talking about. You know, by the time we got to it, it's like we were right on top of it and didn't even know it. So we get on top of the cliff, we see it, and it's just like <laughs> the experience, the feeling of being there and, and witnessing something that it's a mystery. You know, just like your guys' a serpent mound. We have no idea how these carvings got there, who would have done it, why they would have done it. You know, there's actually probably more basis, uh, historical reference along a serpent mound and what, why it would have been erected and constructed, you know, uh, ritualistic things and all these different things that go along with that. With these carvings, we have no idea, no idea, but just in looking at these things and kind of tying things together, it's led us to a much bigger adventure, which the Hill folk know all about. Uh, that's what kind of started our whole treasure hunt. But with, with this cliff rock carving, when we were first trying to find out from everybody, and I'll just tell you this one, because it's kind of similar. The guy that owns the property or owns the property that butts up to it. He's been asking questions about this thing for decades. Okay, I actually have a day and time to to sit down and talk with this guy because I want to know everything that he knows. Um, he's been researching this for decades. Well, he reached out to, and I'm not for sure if he said it was a Cherokee tribal leader or a Shawnee tribal tribal leader. This is this information is coming all secondhand, <clears throat> but he was in contact with a tribal leader of one or a tribal elder of one of these tribes and asked to come, asked them to come in and take a look at these, these petroglyphs, these cliff rock carvings. So the guy comes in uh, with a younger guy with him. Um, the landowner takes him up there, shows him the rock, you know, asks him to, to take a look at it and see if there's anything that he can identify from it. So the elder goes down there, asks if he can be alone. They say, yeah, you know, just do what you got to do. The elder has to be alone, goes down there, sits on top of the carving, goes into a, a meditative trance-like state, is there for several minutes, stands back up, traces his finger along parts of the carving, walks back out of there, and leaves, doesn't say a word. Not a word. Hmm. Wow. So that's crazy. Yeah. Well, I'm finding all of this out. I'm I'm finding all of this out. And I actually message Steve from the Hollow Sky podcast because Steve has has extensive knowledge of Native American history, folklore, you know, all this different stuff. He's really in it. Well, he's also 
like big into these different geological forums and all this different th- all this different stuff. So he puts these pictures on a geological forum that he's a part of, you know, and people are saying all these different things and have all these different theories. <clears throat> one person, one person makes the comment and leaves it on there and all it says is this is where the old gods meet. Mm. And dude just hearing that gave me chills. Still does. Every time I say it, it gives me chills. Yeah. First of all, I told you guys it wouldn't be short. Second of all, <laughs> hear me out. If I'm just a regular dude living my life and I just sat, happen to be Native American and people are like, oh, dude, we found these rock carvings up here. Come tell us what they are. I'm not, I'm not chief beats a drum over here. I'm just regular Joe living my life. I would do the same thing as a prank. I wouldn't say a word. I would do some like ritualistic symbols with my fingers that meant nothing. And I'd walk away and never say another word to anybody about it and just leave them there because that's just leave them with that right there to ponder the rest of their lives. Like, what that's hilarious. That and now the- we're talking about it. That's right. That's what that's a good joke. Adds to the mystery. But no, anyway, I think those those correlations in the way that things just. I don't know. It's just all crazy to me. It's all let crazy. me ask. Let me ask you all a question. Do you know what the petroglyphs, um, like what they're what they're depicting? Are you guys able to tell? <clears throat> it looks like it. It looks like, and I'll I'll send you guys the pictures um, when we get done with all this. That way, you can take a little closer look at them. It looks like ten open chambers or um, circular spaces that are around what looks to be running down the center like a uh, like like a bridge or a pathway or I, I don't know a, a staircase some form of something that runs down the center and at the bottom and I have a I have a million theories about what it could be but I can't pinpoint anything for sure at the bottom of one of the cavernous spaces is a person and then at the top, on the opposite corner, is a person. Hmm. So, looking yeah. at it, now just we can make out the person figures because they're pretty. You know, yeah. you can tell, right? Yeah. But the rest of it, it's I don't know. Yeah, There's circles. Wild. It looks like a bridge, maybe, but maybe it's not a bridge. Maybe it's a ladder. Maybe it's tunnels. Yeah, it would be interesting if it was yeah. a ladder, especially if you got a person at the bottom and a person at the top. It's kind of like ascending higher. You know what I mean? Like this message yeah. of ascending. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I thought that it may even represent, you know, like the underworld or the transition through life, you know, with a person yeah, on top. Say, and like then- these, the various realms and then transition, transitioning and bridging those realms. Yeah, yeah, I would love to see him. But, for sure, we definitely love. To yeah, see well, I'll, I'll definitely send you the pictures. But what we are doing extensive research into and getting ready to put boots on the ground with right now, and this whole uh, Swift Silvermine thing. You know, throughout all of John Swift's journals, he talks about having an upper mind and a lower mind. Um, so one of the notations that we have from extremely reliable sources talks about a natural staircase that was there at one time. So Hmm. looking at this thing, it looks way, way, way older 
than anything John Swift would have done in 1789. But I also feel like John Swift had to find this silver mine somehow himself as well. And if he's coming over and trading with some of the, the native tribes and he starts seeing these little glints of silver and he realizes, holy crap, that's that's silver. You know, how'd you guys get that? And they're like, oh, well, it's depicted up here on this rock. And here, like, I don't know, man. There's a lot of a lot of different things. Yeah, that's uh, just messaged really me. And oh, I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, you're good. Actually, just go messaged me. Ma'am, all tested positive for COVID. She has a temp of 102. So if y'all don't oh, mind, man. pray for my wife's grandma. Will do. We live yeah. here and take care of her. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. 100%. Yeah. Man, once again, Justin, I just found out by messaging her back that I don't like typing on my phone when I'm on these. <laughs> the letters try to attack you. The letters try to <laughs> the letters try to attack you. And just so you guys know, everything's pulsing. Richie, you I listen, hope you're not you listening. We're, we're we're taking notes. Yeah, we're Take gonna notes. we're gonna we're gonna bring you on and, and do a follow up to our episode it's, on psychedelics. It's disturbing, <laughs> <laughs> especially. The spider in the corner, if you guys keep seeing me look at because when I look at it, it's like two different sizes each time I look at it. Maybe that's not Ooh. really a spider. Maybe you are seeing the machine. I'm trying to do a podcast. <laughs> Get out of here, devil. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, gosh. Ryan, I love you. I swear. I love you too, baby. <laughs> oh man but I anyway had so many questions earlier justin you're well, ranting and rabbling i forgot them all you'll remember them you'll remember them. they'll they'll come back to you you never lose them for long no but no i just think it's crazy that you know you guys the stuff that you're working on um you know, we can we can relate to and the same thing. And even though it might lead us on little different routes, you know, you're still looking at the same kind of peoples that were occupying both the areas where we live. You know, you're still looking at the same uh, the same folklore, the same mythology, the same dare I say, the same old gods. Since that's what this person claimed that they were meeting up at this rock. The same old gods that were worshipped, that were, um, you know, looked at as, as the gods of the time. I mean, you know, you're the talking, same same mountains you and I are sitting in right now are the same ones they're sitting in. Yeah, absolutely. it's the same. It's the same land the Cherokee deemed the dark and bloody ground. It's that's it. That's what they called it. They wouldn't sit yeah, here. They would just talk about it. those uh, those uh, petroglyphs overlooking a town. And it's the same way here, like in these natural hot places. That's what they were. They were natural meeting places between the natives and their gods. So th those kind of locations are dotted all over the Appalachian Mountains. And we, one of the things yeah. we got to keep in mind is, you know, whenever, whenever the Native Americans were here, these state borders didn't exist. It's just yeah, you know, right. these artificial lines that we have drawn in our heads and on our maps. And yeah. for them, it was just one. It's just, you know, it's a place that your tribe's here, my tribe's there, but it's it's the same land, you know? Yeah. yeah. 100%. I mean, that's, 
It's it's wild, man. It's wild. Did you hear me a minute ago? I was going to say Appalachia and absolutely at the same time. It's an Appalucci. 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 I love it. That's like a, a cool t- cryptid name. You need to put that on a t-shirt somewhere. <laughs> Appalucci. A- Appalucci, baby. <laughs> we have so many t-shirt ideas. It's crazy. Yeah, you got to add that one to the stack. <laughs> Oh, no, man, it's just it's it's really it's really wild. You know, some of the things that that we're coming across. And like I told you guys earlier, you know, I don't remember if we were recording yet or not. Uh, it's been great conversation <laughs> off of recording and on recording. But, you know, when you start researching some of these things, you start digging into some of these things. Sometimes there's an there's an old saying. If you stare into the abyss long enough, eventually the abyss, the abyss will stare back. back. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I told you, Justin, it was always looking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. So, you know, the, for me, when I go down a rabbit hole, I go hard, like really hard. Um, I have several, you know, past paranormal experiences. Uh, you know, all, all the hill folk know it for sure. Well, these guys don't know, Ryan. I can tell them. <laughs> no, I had a I had a joke, but I decided against it because the, he cut the listeners. I cut it. I cut it and then muted myself. So that's what I was, I was laughing at it. Oh, got it. <laughs> I got it. But you know, I, I've had a lot of these experiences, but but hadn't for years and years and years and years. Well, we start up this podcast, we start talking about the weird stuff all the time. You start researching a bunch of stuff, and all of a sudden, oh wait a minute, weird stuff starts happening again. So it's to me, I guess the question that I'm asking is, does this guy's, does this kind of stuff happen to you guys too? You know, are we, are we alone in this or. It it happens all the time and with such frequency that it's just something we come to expect with this kind of work. Uh, I have a theory, a theological explanation for why I think that works the way that it does. Um, so let's hear it. Yeah. So this this isn't a, a thought that's original to me. Um, I didn't invent this or come up with it. It came from a uh, a professor at a college. Her name her name is Esther Meek, and she wrote a book on how we know things. That's so um, basically her take on like synchronicities. Well, yeah, yeah. She gets into synchronicity. Um, she uh, but but the study of how we know things is called epistemology. Okay, big word. It just basically it comes from a Greek word. But it just basically means how we know things. It's the study of knowing. And basically, um, the conclusion that she comes to is that we begin to know things by by loving them. So think about it, right? Like uh, the way that you got to know your wife is through loving your wife, right? It's like you didn't just learn these random facts about your wife, right? And then you said you know her. No, it's this, it's this dance, right, between the two of you. Uh, it's a metaphorical dance. Like even you even see that language used in the Bible um about adam and eve right it talks about like the language that it uses for them you know having children is adam knew his wife right yeah. we we come to know things by loving them and it's this it's uh this relationship between the known and the knower so anyway uh, i had a conversation with her over email about synchronicity and it's basically what you're talking about. Whenever you start looking into odd things, the odd things start looking back at you, it seems like. Yep. And um, basically what the conversation we had was um, that happens because reality is person-like. Okay, so it, we, we think of reality as just 
this thing that we exist in, right? It's just everything we exist in. But from a Christian perspective, especially hers and, and also mine, um, reality is person-like. And the reason why it's person-like is because it's created by a personal God. Um, and so you should expect it to be person-like. You should expect it to respond to you. And so she basically says that because reality is person-like, what it does is whenever you make contact with reality, she get, she talks about it gives you tokens of reality, which is basically just another word for synchronicity. It lets you know, hey, I see you doing your dance there. I'm dancing back for you. I see you. And so that's kind of a theological understanding of, of how it all works. It's uh, We live in a reality that's personal-like because there's a God who's personal that, that created it. And we need to kind of get past this idea that, you know, um, there's nothing more to reality except existing in it. You're in a dance, whether you know it or not. Um, some people are blind to the fact that there's a partner on the other end dancing with them. And, and there's some people who are very aware of it. And the more aware you become of it, the more you start to realize there's somebody on the other Yeah. Yeah. See, Justin, that doesn't mean ghosts aren't trying to dance with me. I just can't see them because I don't believe in them. <laughs> there you go. You know, you see you know them what? because you do believe in them. That's right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. You are 100% correct. That may be the most clear, concise thing you've said all night. Out of sight, out of mind, right? Never happened. Yeah. That's what I do whenever Ashley says, Ryan, I heard a noise. I just never happened, honey. Go to bed. <laughs> never happened. Never happened. <laughs> never happened. <laughs> hey, called the Ghostbusters and they solved it, man. That's how you do it right there. Yeah. Just ignore This them. guy has had more paranormal experiences surrounding he calls them paranormal that he that he pays absolutely zero attention to and then says i don't believe in any of this stuff total skeptic total skeptic sorry it's hey, fine richie. everything everything needs a rhyme everything yeah. needs a rhyme richie you ever been in a fairy ring i have seen my fair share of them but i've never You've never stepped in one you too no. scared or uh just from my background in the occult like i used to be I mean, it's a real thing, just into, paganism, into paganism. Yeah, yeah we that's have a real a, thing. Uh, if you don't enter that with pure respect and gifts, it is. It is a thing. Yeah, it is we a had thing. A reverence it, they, for the Fae, and absolutely, yep. Yeah. I'm not laughing because I don't believe it's a real. You're talking to the person that believes everything. Well, I'm laughing. I'm laughing because you ask him the question and then following up with, "Are you too scared?" Like it's, well, it's like as a he challenge. He understood what I was saying, though. <laughs> yeah, right, Rich. You understood yeah. what I was saying because it is a it is a respect and reverent, you know, yep. a, a thing of reverence. Yeah, but absolutely. I just want to know if you'd ever seen it. I've looked for them before. I've never seen any, but yeah, I've I've seen some around here and and like over in the UK, like it's everywhere over there. Like you have the the governments in the UK literally diverting highways around yep. fairy rings and fairy mounds and things like that. Yes, I've seen that. Like, this one road is literally right beside of this fairy mound and yep. this ring of these mushrooms and things. Just, they drive right yep. by it because... It's, uh, it's that same reverence that's instilled in those people. It's It was a core tenet in paganism. And it's something where did all of our ancestors over. and beliefs come from? Europe. Well, this area, a whole lot of that Celtic tradition, Scots-Irish. Well, oh, as, you, as you guys yeah. can see, yeah. I'm not red-headed. But my beard is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's that Scotch Irish or Scandinavian. See, my brother did that. It was Scandinavian and 
Irish. Yeah. So you're like a drunk Viking. And Cherokee. A drunk. We know we knew we had yeah. Yeah. Well, basically, <laughs> uh Ireland was settled by Scandinavians anyway. They were just Vikings, right? There's like ninety percent of them. I they, say. It was, so it's definitely a part of Ireland, that's for sure. Um, I don't know if you guys listened to it. We did a whole episode on the mythology of Ireland. Uh, which really? Was, yes. And so the founding story. So Vikings definitely play a part in it. Um, so actually. Especially in places like the outer out, outlying islands of Scotland and things yeah, like that. So I actually have some of that in my ancestry, too. So I did the ancestry DNA thing. And I ended up having uh, it was uh, it wasn't Scandinavian. It was um, it was uh, Nordic, I think. Hold on a second. I'll pull it up here while we got a second. Um, yeah, let's see here. Um, Looking so at the yeah, bloodlines. So it's Norway. <laughs> yeah. Break out the old, uh, the, the old bloodlines here and yeah. the, the, <laughs> yeah. the ancestry and the, all that. But, uh, it was, uh, Norway. I've got DNA from Norway and, uh, you know, that's up in the Faroe Islands, which if you look on a map, the Faroe Islands is just Northwest of the UK. And so yes. what happened was, is they came down and they were actually called the Norse Gales is what they were called whenever they come in. And so yep. that's actually how you end up. So I have a lot of uh, European blood, obviously. Um, uh, a lot of Ir- Scottish, Irish, English, that kind of stuff. But I have a lot of the, the, the Norse too. And the way that that happened was, is they came down, you know, into Scotland, into that area. And you end up with what's called the Norse Gales. But um, actually, my last name, Robinson, um, it's in Scotland and it's in those places, but it's actually uh, from Norway. So the way that their their names worked was um, we did an episode on Norse mythology, too. Um, the way that they would name them is you, you would get the first name of your father and then you would get the name, uh, the word son or daughter at the end of it. So I apparently I've descended from some man named Robin. And his sons. And so uh-huh. I, looked, I looked it up. So it's Robin's son. So it means the son of Robin. So if you look out there, there's also Robin's daughters as well. And it's spelled D-O-T-T-I-R. So apparently there was some, some he had daughters too, and they were called Robin's daughters. And so that's how I ended up with the, the name that I, I have. But um, but the, the myth though for Ireland is their founding myth is they say that they were there were uh was it seven it was seven foundings seven invasions of ireland in the uh the layer uh i can't remember the it's the book of invasions but the very first founding of ireland they attribute to the do- the granddaughter of noah so they said that uh yeah <laughs> i can yep. tell so yep. yeah they actually said that uh the very first person to found that was uh was noah's granddaughter so she went there to escape the flood and her husband, um, Fintan, and her uh, her father, and there were 50 women. And so basically the way that the story goes is whenever the flood finally comes, they're wiped out, all except for Fintan, who turns into a salmon and just goes into the flood and survives it, as, yeah. one, as one does. As one does. <laughs> as one does. Totally believable. That's what I would have done. That's the That's easiest what... <laughs> way to survive a flood. Just Problem turn into solved. a fish. Problem it, it solved. It just makes sense. Problem solved. Right? Now I can breathe underwater. What else you do? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> You're never going to drown me now. <laughs> so, 
but yeah, so after that, interestingly enough, and this can kind of connect back in, into some of the stuff we were talking about at the beginning, um, later on, um, there's, there's this group that also is present there called the Fomorians. And they're this group of uh, water spirits, but they're giant malevolent water spirits, which obviously has a lot of parallel to the Genesis 6 story with the Nephilim who are wiped out by what? A flood. And that's how you get the Bible's account of demons, right? They're these spirits that come from the water. And um, then you've got this other group after that called the Tuatha de Danon or the Tua de Danon. And they're very much related to the sons of God. They come from heaven and they bring the people like knowledge and, you know, for this knowledge and, you know, all this stuff. And, uh, yeah, it's just fascinating. Alchemy, magic. magic. If I had crazy hair and I could be that Greek guy on ancient aliens, I'd say aliens right now. (laughs) Susan said they came from the sky. There you go. That's that's my take on what they are. What does that tell you guys? They say that, uh, which one was it? Elijah went up in a flaming chariot, and there was one other. It was a. Uh, it was well, Enoch. 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 Went to yeah. Well, they called those flying saucers too on ancient aliens. I'm like, my God, man. Well, that's the my thing. God, like with 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 ancient aliens. <laughs> with ancient aliens, they're. I mean, they're on the right track. They're just looking no, at it the wrong perspective. Stop. Stop. Well, they're just looking <laughs> they at it really from are. the wrong perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Who is the guy? Oh, I got to go back. To a sock of walk, walk, What they base their entire belief off of. The Anunnaki? I mean, Eric Von da- Daniken? The guy, the, claimed, the guy who yeah. claimed he it's could Von read. It's Von yes. Daniken. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The one who said he could. Uh, what was it? What did they have to transcribe? What language is that? Enochian. Yeah, he's the one who. So there were two scientists who dedicated what forty something years of their life to transcribing this language, and then all of a sudden, this Yahoo comes along. He's like, "No, this is what it says." Yeah. Well, I think what? it was. Uh, one and of the they, interesting- put, they got a whole TV show. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, if you look at it, it's it's flying saucers or flaming chariots. It's it's all the same thing. Like it's it's just a mask. That a a I mask. Call- it's a it's a matter of time period and perception. Absolutely. We'll look at all of these, you know, uh, civilization creation stories, you know, whether it be, you know, certain nations or peoples or groups or whatever. All All of these, all of these stories, the creation stories are all extremely similar. Mm -hmm. Almost every single one of them. You have a flood story. Mm -hmm. I mean, in so many of them, you have a, uh, a Messiah salvation kind of story that that gets involved in there somewhere i mean you see all of these different things and it's like you know we have the basis for this <laughs> we we yeah. have the original source where all yeah. of this come from yeah so, i yeah, mean like, again there's so many people that that i feel like look at this and are on the right track they're just taking the wrong angle and looking at it from the wrong perspective yeah it's it's all a matter of time and perception i mean you have the ancient people who expected their gods to come out of flaming chariots now where do the where do people today in modernity expect some higher force to step out of now it's they're stepping out of a flying saucer so that's what you manifested today you know and i think that that's the thing that you were talking about there justin about us having the thing the story that sets this right i think that you're really right about that i think that's an important point um 
you know, one of the ways that we see that one of the things we see that sets apart the biblical story from the other stories is that it was preserved, right? Yeah. Um, that it was preserved. And that not, not only do we have like one or two copies of the Bible, but we have lots, like more than any other book in history. And a lot of these stories, you know, like if you look at the Epic of Gilgamesh, which is a, a Babylonian, you know, flood account from their perspective, or if you look at some of the other stories, we don't have, like I've got a copy of Gilgamesh in there. Um, I've got a copy of the Dead Sea Scrolls um, sitting over there on the the other table. Um, the thing about a lot of these stories is we don't actually have all of them and they're not preserved. Like, if, so for example, if you're reading through uh, Gilgamesh, you'll, you'll be reading it and it'll be like a uh, line, it'll say something like line missing or fragment missing or something like that. And that's one thing that really sets the Bible apart from a lot of these things is it actually was preserved. We actually do have it. And I, my, as, as a Christian and as a pastor, my, my take on that is the reason why is because obviously there's a God preserving things out there and it was his will that that one, that particular story in its entirety would be the one that was preserved. Doesn't mean that there's not truth in those other ones. I think that that all of the cultures of the world attest to there being a global flood. Yeah, I was going to say there's a, a shared <clears throat> sort of spiritual worldview that goes out to the nations, and you see it with the the whole trope and idea of watchers or beings from the heavens bringing down knowledge. That's something that's found in every culture around the world. Even the flood myth, the flood myth, the flood story is found in every culture. Cultures that had no contact with each other. So, yeah. Obviously, it's true. <laughs> like, how do all these yeah. people in the world who never met one another, um, never had any contact with one another, how do they have the same spiritual worldview? How do they have this, a shared mythology on con- on different continents? Obviously, yeah. these stories are a shared cultural uh, memory of events that really happened, and people were yeah. recording it from their perspective. And absolutely, it, and it just so happens that the Bible is the complete the complete one that we have. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not even just shared ideology and shared spiritual, uh, you know, spirituality, you know, it's not even the shared stories and stuff like that. It's shared archeology. span It's shared. Um, symbolism. You, uh, symbolism. Similar. You look at the, you look at the way structures, but look at pyramids, you have pyramids popping up. In so many different areas all across the world, all around the same time frame, when people should have literally had zero communication with each other. And the symbolism behind the pyramids, I mean, they're aligned with certain celestial bodies. So with the stars, with constellations, I mean, that is not anything that's left to chance. Yeah. Yeah. If you guys go back and listen to any of our episodes, you'll understand that I have a bone to pick with the Spaniards. And um, (laughs) (laughs) because I believe... The Aztecs and the Incans were really on to something, and these dudes. Oh. <laughs> well, they had a lot of knowledge. I believe they had a whole lot of knowledge. The, well, the we'll practices. Because practices could have been all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dang it. Dang it. Yeah. I mean, come but, on. Uh, How in the world? How in the world? At this point in time, now you got to figure this is before Galileo is looking at the skies through a telescope. And these people are building pyramids, like the one, the Sun Pyramid. I think it is that what it's called. And where 
a certain day of the year when the sun solstice. reaches a certain point, solstice. Solstice, summer solstice, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 And down the stairs, the shadow creates a snake all a the way snake, to the head yeah. of the yeah. snake that's carved. I think yeah. it's yeah. The, the pyramid it's, of Kukla Khan, I think is what it is. Yes. Yeah. Uh, How in the world? And not only that, but directly out in front of that is one of those cenotes, the underground water supplies. And in line between those things, it's lined up with Venus. Yep. Yeah. Well, dude, it's 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 watcher knowledge. It's fallen angel knowledge. It's, it's God knowledge. It's the watchers brought this same knowledge down to all the peoples. I mean, it's a knowledge of astrology well, and astronomy. It's all part of it. Yeah. One of the fascinating things about the the mythologies of of those people of different peoples is they all have this story of these uh these cultural heroes who who come to them and give to them this knowledge like for example if you go back and if you look at uh, you know uh mesoamerican um you know uh mythology there i can't remember if it was kuklakan i think it was kuklakan Oh no! It's a uh, sorry. It's uh, Quetzalcoatl. Um, he's also a feathered serpent deity, like like Kuklakan. Okay. Um, in in their mythology, um, Quetzalcoatl comes to them after the flood, and he brings to them this knowledge of society and civilization and all that stuff. And it's the same thing with Babylon. If you go and look at Babylonian mythology, you've got the same kind of thing going on with the the uh, it's the Apkalu after the flood. There are these wise sages who come and bring this pre-flood Literally secret knowledge. So the Watcher Sage yeah, again after the flood. Yeah, and it's you've got to account for that somehow. You know, like how do all of these people have the same story of these sages? Uh, these culture heroes who come to them and bring them knowledge. And then all of a sudden they start popping up pyramids. They start building temples and in, in places like, uh, Oh goodness. Oh, the one that's over there in uh, Turkey, um, Gobekli Tepe, Gobekli Tepe. Yeah. Yep. Gobekli Tepe. And then, you know, it's, it, it's just unbelievable. It's like you go to Babylon and they've got the, uh, you know, they've got the big step pyramids, right? Uh, like, how do all of those people at the same time start, you know, start popping up this stuff? That's There's got to be some kind of truth to that story. Like that they're... Well, they, may have, they may have seen it on Facebook. I mean, we don't know what kind of technology <laughs> they have. Maybe. That's where everybody gets their, their news from, you know? Their information. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this is on social media. I'm yeah. about it to was break just up quick, Real quick, Donald, guys, I've Donald seen this Trump. on TikTok. I'm going to build it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. I've seen this on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seen this on Watcher TikTok. I watched. I watched this dude on YouTube with this stick out in the jungle, and he was just carving pyramids and stuff. You yeah. ever, you know, he, I can't remember what he's called, but uh, there's this dude out there who literally is just a dude in the jungle with a stick, and he carves like pools and all. It's wild. Just type it in on YouTube. I'm just like, this dude's got. That's watching. awesome. This dude's got watcher knowledge. <laughs> this dude is a watcher. This dude is a watcher. Yeah. <laughs> This is Zazel in the flesh. That's Somebody right. talk to this man. <laughs> it's Quetzalcoatl. Yeah, he's escaped into the Amazon. Up yeah, there. right. Ryan, get up with him. We got to get him on the show. Hey, demons, it's me, your boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke. No, I could. I I I think they got that part. <laughs> I, I could talk about 
you know, ancient history and mythology and all that stuff all day. And that's what I really, really enjoy about your all show. And, you know, I told you guys really early on, I've talked to Ryan about you. I, I love y'all's dynamic because it's a lot like our dynamic. As you can see, you know, listening to y'all's episodes, there's a lot of time that, that Richie's brain is firing, not for the oh, same reason yeah. that Ryan's is right now, but, <laughs> but not far from it. <laughs> not far. From it. <laughs> but Richie's brain is firing. He's going off on these different ways, and Josh is always trying to reel it back in and bring it back to center. And Ryan actually said today, listening to y'all's episode, he said, "Dude, that's me and you. Like literally, I'm going off on every, all these tangents. Every podcast <laughs> needs a Ryan and a sketchy Richie. Like <laughs> if you that's, two, that's that's what happened. If you two got a podcast together." <laughs> Well, we'd end up ODing and dying somewhere. That's <laughs> you guys would be in a fairy circle be- building a pyramid with watcher knowledge, and you you guys you, like beer, right? Come on, you guys like yeah. <laughs> we're coming from we're coming to you live from the fairy circle right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The most disrespectful me, thing we could do. And if me and if me and Josh had a podcast, it, just it be, would be the most boring historical, yeah. like yeah. just information. Boom, 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 yeah. boom, boom. Maybe a joke like once an episode. Maybe it'd be a it'd be a real dry dad joke. It would be. <laughs> hey, here here's a joke I can use on all our listeners. You guys know, Go and we got this from a listener, so I'm using it. Okay. You guys know they just found insects on the moon, right? Really? Yeah, they're calling them lunatics. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I bet Richie appreciated that one. Dad joke I've ever heard in my <laughs> life. Lunatics. The lunatics. Uh, my favorite dad joke, Richie, is do you know where virgin wool comes from? Tell me. U- ugly sheep. <laughs> <laughs> ugly sheep. <laughs> Great. Our listeners are going to love uh, this episode. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, dude. I think when you get a few Appalachian boys together and yeah. you start talking about weird Appalachia and then it leads to weird U.S. and then it leads to weird North America, then it leads to weird world. And then listen, you, know, you, just you don't it- live in the, the the weirdest place in North America and don't and you're not weird yourself. I mean, that's just that's just how exactly. it is. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, but no, I think being honest with you guys, I was raised Pentecostal. Not Pentecostal, and I was raised Pentecostal. My wife's family's in no regular Baptist. I've been to no regular Baptist. Mm-hmm. I even thought about joining that church one time. I went back to my roots and then just some bad situations. And here I am now just questioning everything. But so I do have knowledge of the Bible. I can't remember it most of the time, but when I want to ask a question, because that's how my stupid mind works. But but it's, you know, it's Ryan. crazy. You know, we can all relate to the same thing being from this area. They call it the Bible Belt for a reason. Yeah. There's times I won't lie to you guys that I'm just like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Come on. We can't be this ridiculous. Like, like right now, I have a specific family member that has an operable brain tumor that says God is speaking to them and saying, just now they're going to die. They're going to die from it. Yeah. But God's speaking to them and just saying, everything's going to be okay. And I'm like, you know, maybe that's not God. Maybe that could be a pride thing or I don't know. But why would God tell you, no, you don't need medicine. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, 
it's difficult to know, you know, like it's, it's difficult to know what to do in that kind of situation. Um, I, I would say this, um, you know, you, you can listen to that and you can question that and you can be skeptical of it. And, you know, and even as a pastor, I, I do similar things with people whenever they tell me they're hearing from God. <laughs> you know? I'm like, oh, you did, you know, but it, What's it's the same. What's his voice sound like? Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> did it sound like your voice inside your head? Because right. that could have been just you. Right. And it could have been bad pizza, you know, but, uh, <laughs> you know, but at the same time, I, I also do t- kind of take some comfort in knowing that there is that we do live in a reality that is personal because there is a personal God, you know, and that yes. if he and if he if he if he does want to speak to somebody, he absolutely can. And so, you know, I, I just try to always be discerning with those things. You but know, there's I mean? major abuses with that people. There are. Yeah, yeah. there are. But um, yes. yeah, I, I think that's how I, I would approach it, you know, is like, you know, like. It's okay. This have- particular family member is yeah. the type that they you can't teach them anything because yeah, they already know it. They'll come at you. They'll preach to you. They'll preach to the pastor or whatever. You know, right? Yeah, that kind of thing. And it's been that way my whole life. They're yeah. crazy, <laughs> but I mean they are. That's just that's just how it is. Even when I was <laughs> no. in church at my. Most in depth in church, I was like, they're crazy. <laughs> okay. And that's just how I felt about it. But like, that's why that's what's aggravating, you know? Yeah, well, I think but, you do have, I mean, I think people can take anything and I don't know this family member, but I think that everybody can take anything, you know, take that something and radicalize it to the point that it's at an absolute extreme that, you know, it's just, it's just, totally next level you know i feel like people can and people can do that with anything you can do that with a hobby you can do that with an idol you can do that with whatever and some people you know they just i'm never ever ever going to question anybody's personal relationship with jesus christ ever i'm not going to do that but you do have people that take the religion side of it and totally radicalize it. Now, am I ever going to, I'm kind of like Josh on this one. Am I ever going to sit down and, and tell this person you absolutely did not hear from God? No, I'm not. Because well, I, I think God can I'm speak in a thousand that. different ways. But it's one of those things that I feel like we have doctors and, and surgeons and, and life-saving opportunities and, and things put in place here that was ordained by God and yeah. laid out to be able to help yeah. humankind. So if it must be watcher <laughs> knowledge and God doesn't want her to get the surgery, all doctors are watchers. There you go. Yeah. I, I mean, said her, I didn't mean to name a gender, but there it is. <laughs> Anyhow. Oh my God. Oh good. And as far as the question, as far as the question and Ryan, I'll say this. Okay. As far as the questioning, I've never read anywhere in the Bible where God says, "Thou shalt not question me." Yeah, I've never heard anything. If about I don't question side, if but I it don't just question seems like a him, stigma, you know. if I don't question, how do I draw closer? Exactly. How do you learn? How just like Josh said. Just like Josh said. Ask a question. Yeah, just like Josh said earlier. 
how do you get to know your wife? You mm. share information. You exactly. ask questions. You do all these things. It's am, our I, relation, am I wrong our, in, say, in the Bible? Like, Even if someone speaks in tongues, there should be another person to interpret, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, Paul says that in Corinthians. Yeah. Yeah. So there, and even, and, and, and there's something with, uh, what was it with uh, something being confirmed three times? I don't know. Anywho. Yeah. Those kinds of things. I'm like, it's just aggravating. I'm going to watch them die. Yeah. Because they're so radical. Mm. And, and that brings me to the next thing, asking questions. That's why I say, you call me crazy for not believing it or wanting to jump right into something, but I call you crazy for not asking for proof, you know, because somebody who can't ask questions can't learn anymore. Yeah. Well, to me, but in my opinion, but I think you also, just like Josh is talking about, we have a, a personal reality because of a personal God. I think you have to be open to all of these uh, you have to be open to get the answer to the que to these questions based on your personal well you know i've already spoken and i told him just re rename me thomas i need to put my fingers <laughs> in the holes apparently because sometimes i just have trouble that's you know yeah and i don't and we want all do. to be that way sometimes i have trouble you know it's like this okay okay i like I like to have beers. I like to take my gummies. I've never done a podcast episode, but once or twice sober. Yeah. I tried to do sober October. It didn't work out real well. I made it like 11 <laughs> days or something. But, you know, I will watch people go to church, leave church, and then just absolutely bash each other behind each other's back. And if I'm not mistaken, didn't Jesus say there were seven things? And if you were found in accordance with one of those things, you were found in accordance with all seven things. And one of them was backbiting. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's a couple things there. Yeah. I mean, he talks about that, you know, whenever you're guilty of, uh, you know, he, like he talks about like lust, for example, and he talks about, exactly. anger, right. Like whenever you're guilty of, of lust, you've already committed adultery in your heart. And whenever you're angry with your brother, you've already murdered him in your heart. Like, so you're, you're, you know, it's, it's, you know, this comparison between them and, you know, I want to, I have trouble with that stuff too. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're human. Like, man, how do you, how do you see some, like you take your family to a water park. I didn't want this big booty lady to come in front of me and give me these thoughts. Be gone out, be gone demons. But, yeah. Is, is it too late? Listen, man, it's uh, it's it's never too late, and I want to well, say, I mean, have you too. already sinned because of that? <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I mean, like one of the things that we see, you know, is that we want to try to rope in our passions. You know what I mean? Like, not let them get the best of this, because the reality is, is if you give in to those things then they can eventually lead to bigger things on down the road. Just think about it this way, right? Um, think about hunger, right? Um, think about what happens whenever you live a diet on fast food, right? Uh, you, you start craving that, that, right? That's a passion. It's a hunger. It's passion. And the more that you start to crave that and the more that you give into that, the, there's, there's consequences because of that, right? You gain weight. Not only do you gain weight, but it also leads to health problems. 
and and those kinds of things. It's it's kind of the same thing, but at a micro level with with those passions. But I also want to say this because you mentioned yourself as being like Thomas in some ways. Um, <laughs> you know, Christ loves loves Thomas. Yeah. You know, Christ Christ loves Thomas, and Christ shows his love for Thomas in letting him feel the wounds in his side. He knows that Thomas is a doubter, and yet God has grace on on doubters. So don't. Um, that's what I keep saying. He made me too. <laughs> he knew what he was getting into. You know what I mean? He knew what he was doing. Yeah. There's got to be some better purpose that I'm supposed to be doing. I know that. Yeah. I got to find it, but um, maybe this is it. I don't know. Yeah. I'm sure not promoting drugs on here is good. But... <laughs> yeah. Right. As I say, not as I do, kids. You know, uh, one of the things that I have found is. And I've seen this in my own life and I've seen it in the life of others. Usually God really loves to use the people who have been through dark things or has been through just crazy things in their life. Because guess what, man? There's a lot of people out there who are secretly struggling with the same things that you're struggling with. Well, and- not, not just that, but I believe that forever that it takes somebody like me to reach somebody like me. I yep. can't like somebody like me. It, you know, if somebody not dogging these people, sure. kudos to them for living a great pure Christian life to the best of their ability since they were a little bitty, you know, mm. they've always been in the church. Kind of like uh, my old pastor, their daughter, just one of the, and I know she's not perfect, but she has lived the best life she possibly could for Christ. And I know that personally because I've watched her grow up. I'm much older than her. But I have watched this girl live her life a certain way. That type of person is less likely to reach somebody like me because we don't speak the same language. Right. Yes, we both speak English, but we don't speak the same language. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, just think about it. God called a murderer. Paul. He's Saul of Tarsus. I mean, in our minds, what's worse than murder? Not much. You know, and God calls a man who used to persecute his people to come and to reach his people. Like nobody is ever too far gone. Like the cross is that big. You know, you know, I think it's the book of John. Jesus said, There's nothing you can do to separate yourself from the love of God. It is. It's John 10. Yeah. And, you know, it talks about as far as the, you know, this is in the Psalms, as far as the East is from the West. Um, you know, that's how far God casts our sins. Like they, the East and the West never touch, yeah. you know, that's how big God's love is for people. And that goes for the doubting Thomases as well, you know? Um, and so there's no, nobody's ever too far gone. Nobody's gone for asking questions. I mean, that's what I do for a living. And I, I tell people at our church all the time, I, like as soon as service ends, I say, listen, if you heard anything in today's sermon that you have a question about or a concern about, or maybe you just want to stay and just ask questions in general, feel free to stick around. I'm going to be around. There's other people going to be around. And we'll literally sit there for one hour, sometimes two hours, and just answer any kind of questions that people may have. And it's because questions are serious. And that's, again, that's grounded in the whole reality conversation that we had earlier. It's this dance. And you don't learn how to dance by not engaging with the other partner. You learn by doing. Think about how you change a tire. How did you learn how to change a tire? You learn by doing it. Yeah. You learn yeah. getting your hands dirty. So questions are Man. good. 
That's I told good. you. I That's told you stuff. I could do this, Justin. <laughs> uh, look, I never Not doubted one curse word. I never doubted you, Ryan. I never doubted you. I had full faith the whole time. Awesome. Sometimes when I give these, sometimes when I give these reminders, it's not because I have doubt. It's just because it's not because it's eating away at your mind. I have my own. I have my. (laughs) I have my own personal issues with needing to be in control. Okay, since we're getting really therapeutic here, and we're turning this into an absolutely vulnerable, like this is how every guy goes with a guest. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> it really does so, kind of no so here, here's the here's a question i've had for a really long time josh okay. i've asked this to justin too so it says you know the love you have for your children how much more does god love you right how much more so but i've asked justin i said no matter what my kids ever did I couldn't let them go to hell if I had heaven. Mm. Yeah. And if God loves us so much more than we love our own children, like that, you think about your own children, would you condemn your own children to hell? Mm, no. no way. Yeah. No way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that God proves his love for us. And this is, you know, Paul in Romans, you know, God shows that he loves us by doing this, by sending Christ to die for us, right? He dies on the cross for our sins. Um, you know, <gasps> That's where he got us. That's where he got us. Yeah, He sent Jesus to die for us. He said, you think I want my own son die? Yes, I will. So you better be good. <laughs> That's where he got. I've never thought well, that, that's, Josh. that. I don't think it was like a hey, God. I don't think he's just trying to get us. That's just how it processed in my mind just then. I'm not being <laughs> sacrilegious. I'm just that's how yeah. things process in my mind. Mm. But yeah, it, it bridges. I never thought about that. It bridges. It bridges the gap, right? So I mean, yeah. think about it. Like God, there's this gap between us and God, and it's been there since Adam and Eve, right? I mean, literally, God sends Adam and Eve out of the garden. There's not just a spiritual gap. There's a literal geographical space gap, you know, and God bridges the gap by sending Christ, and he He takes our sins upon himself, and he gives us his righteousness whenever we believe in him, um, when we believe in his death, burial, and resurrection. So, so God has provided a way that we don't go to hell, and it's not by our good works. Like, it's it's not by us living a better life it's it's looking to christ who who did that on our behalf i'm trying to figure out how that it has eluded my mind for so long it just came in so crystal clear jesus christ was his own son perfect the only perfect person ever walked the earth and still he he allowed him to go to the cross and die for our sins so you don't cause because of love yeah because of love so we wouldn't have to go to hell that's right yeah I mean, you're you're basically boiling down the essence of the gospel right there. I mean, that's that's it, God, and that that offers to everybody, like everybody. All right, guys, you know I'm going to ask it. Dinosaurs. <laughs> dinosaurs. <laughs> you mean the dragons? <laughs> I was expecting something a little bit more sketchier, so I'm I'm proud of you. <laughs> dinosaurs. We can roll with the dinosaurs. <laughs> I think they existed. I don't know. Well, that we know they existed. I, that's what I mean. <laughs> Where's the debate here? 
We don't know that they existed, Ryan. They have uh, never Justin, found. They have never found cap. a full yes, they have. dinosaur yes, they have. skeleton. A full Allosaurus skeleton. Okay, maybe like one. Maybe like one out of the <laughs> millions. It only of dinosaurs takes that walk one. the face of this earth. They found. If you found one. a Bigfoot body. Guess what? Bigfoot exists. Bigfoot exists anyway. I don't need to find a body. I'm saying if you found a Bigfoot body, it only takes one, and there's a full Allosaurus skeleton. In a private collector, he bought it, but he made it open to the public. Some dinosaurs, dinosaurs, what modern day archaeologists and scientists and all these people that have placed together and decided to turn into this thing, He's this thing called mad. dinosaurs. It was actually just a product of all these mythological creatures that you hear about. It's their bones. It's the bones of giants. It's the bones of Nephilim. It's the bones of dragons and, 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 Hydra and Chimera. The sons of daughter gave birth to dragons. Maybe well, you ever watch Game of Thrones? There was a mother dragons. There Boom. actually is a line of that in some of the ancient Near Eastern literature in the scriptures. So basically, the way, and I'm not saying that this is on par with scripture, that you can take this. To the <laughs> I was going to say, wait a yeah. minute. Yeah, it's like <laughs> you, you can't take this to the bank, I guess is what I'm saying here. But there is a tradition in that worldview that can make some sense of this. So what you have is the Nephilim, like it talks about this in Enoch. They go in, they not only did they, um, you know, they devour humans and that kind of thing. And they were like these bloodthirsty, malevolent beings. But it talks about they started to go into the animals and to defile them. And so that if you've ever heard of the the idea of a chimera, like this cross. Oh, yeah. Created, oh, yeah. yeah. That's, that's kind of where the thought comes from of where these kind of beings come from is also linked in the Genesis 6 narrative as well, in the kind of Enochian literature. So there is a place for that. Um, now, when you say defiling animals, mm, yeah, are you talking about... Oh, here we go. Here we go. Yes. Sex yeah, magic. So, it, so it, it, yeah, oh, there it is. <laughs> there it is, sex magic. Yes, like, is. Straight Kentucky, the sheep are running scared. That's... <laughs> I noticed you didn't say West Virginia right then. That's pretty good. <laughs> That's true. Well, I've I've about decided, Justin, that if uh, the eastern side of our state don't start acting right, we ought to divide a line and just join West Virginia. Oh, I'm down. I was born in West Virginia. I'm down. I'm always a West Virginian my at heart. My daughter was born in West Virginia. One of my daughters. See, Bring we're it. all West Virginians at heart. Bring it on. Now, Bring it on. Let's I'll just say she's the most spirited of my drugs. children. <laughs> I don't know if there's a coincidence or not, <laughs> but she's just like me. I can't blame it on West Virginia. It's me. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there's, there's a, there's absolutely a place for that, I think. Um, and so the question that you ask about the defiling part, so it uses that terminology in Enoch prior to them talking about defiling the animals. It also talks about them going into human women and defiling them as well. And so, Obviously, that's linked to the Genesis six narrative with them going into the daughters of men and yeah, you know, so, producing so offspring. What are the product of that defiling the women? It's it's the nephilim. It's so the what's nephilim, the product of them de the, the, defiling the, the nephilim? Yep. The nephilim going in and defiling the animals. It's oh, so the offspring. That's right. Yep. Did yeah. the defiling of the animals? That's okay. Right. And it's this giant chimeric like creatures. Yeah. Well, you got to figure back then they didn't bathe a lot. It probably all smelled the same. <laughs> <laughs> <But> <laughs> as far as BO, 
wasn't there. No, you can imagine. I can only imagine. It's like watching Game of Thrones. I'm like, my God, take a bath. (laughs) Just watch them do nasty things. You're like, oh, imagine the smells. Guys, this is a this is this is a regular episode of Appalachian Intelligence. Here, I mean, it's all sorts all all over the place. Sword and Staff community is gonna gonna love this one. Yeah, I hope so. I hope I haven't (laughs) offended anyone. I apologize, Sword and Staff community, if I have. That was a pretty racy joke. (laughs) I wouldn't tell it in church. I can tell you that. So I apologize if. There you go. And Hill folk, this has been uh, extremely tame for most of you guys. So. Yeah. You guys are like, what's happening to Ryan? What's happening? I think he got saved. <laughs> He's had a mystical experience this episode. I'm coming to, to Virginia, and we're going to baptize you. So That's right. I know what happened last time you baptized somebody, Josh. You ain't getting in the river with me, buddy. <laughs> in the river with me, buddy. <laughs> Weird things happen. Whatever I step in the river. on exorcism in the river out there. You gotta yeah. watch him. There'll be a whole new docuseries with Ryan right in the middle of it. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I wanted to say earlier when he's talking about he read the book by Michael Heiser and then some things came out. I was like, Yeah, demons. Demons happen, people. Don't read that book. He found demons after that. <laughs> <Don't read> that. <laughs> <laughs> I could see the whole storyline of the docuseries now. Ryan just sitting there in a the room saying, look, I didn't believe in anything, really. And then all of a sudden, demons just started flying out of me. I started acting like this. <laughs> I don't know what happened. I, I didn't want gummies or shrooms anymore ever again. It was weird. Stay away from me, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, man. This is this has been great. This has been a great conversation. I'm sure... I don't want to keep you guys all night long. Uh, sometimes we get a little carried away yeah. and uh, conversations go all over the place. And, you know, you can go look at some of our numbers. We got a couple, two hours plus. But that's just what we enjoy. That's what we enjoy here. Dude, that's, a, love. that's us too. The majority of our episodes push two hours yeah. a lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we look at each other like, we got to cut this off or we're, yeah. nobody's going to listen to this. Nobody's yeah. going to listen to us rant for like three hours. Yeah. But they well, will. You know, but they will. I, Absolutely, they will. Absolutely, because people people are, I don't want to say starving for, I don't want to make it sound like a, a there's a populace out there that absolutely needs what I'm doing, but people are super interested in hearing truth. And when you can bring the perspective that we're bringing, even if we go, you know, even if we're talking about some of the crazy out there, just letting people know that there is an original source mm-hmm. that you can go look and, you know, find these things. I've said on here a thousand times, the Bible is the most supernatural book that I've ever read in my entire life and probably ever will. I mean, you look at the, the, just everything you look at, look at salvation as a whole. You look at, at, the the triune god you look at the holy trinity you look at the death cross and resurrection i mean that's as supernatural as it gets and it's the gospel it's the basis of everything so i mean that's why i'm saying when you're talking about these you know these these cryptids that could be out here or this these the spiritual realm that's on the other side of the veil or these entities that operate and the you, you know you can read about it i mean paul talks about we don't battle flesh and blood we battle against the 
the principalities and powers and rulers of this dark place in this cosmic world. I mean, that's the things we're battling against. That's it's it's there. It's out there. And for people to, I think people want to know that it's not just ancient aliens. It's mm-hmm. not just, you know, uh, you know, somebody doing these investigations and, Oh, well, this is just a person that, you know, was evil in life and died and they're still here and they're still evil and they're still doing the same things. Like there's more to it. There's more to it. And when you look and you dig deep and you know that, that there's a God that loves you, that there is a Jesus that, that has dominion over all that he's the King. He's the Lord. And all of these other things that are going on that might mess with you or might do these things, that name holds power and all of it. Yeah. So, and I think that's important for people to know, for people to hear, for people. And I think people are, they, they want that, you yeah. know, whether they know it or not, people have this, you know, you hear it in church all the time, Josh, I'm sure that you've said it in a sermon a month at least. People have this God-sized hole in their heart, and the that's the only way that you can feel it is yep. with God. Yep. So, I mean, it's just, I don't know. I think what we're doing is, it, you know, apart from the conversation, apart from the jokes and the laugh, the good time, which we do love to have. I mean, we've had a, this has been a great conversation. I've had a blast. Yeah. Yep. I think it's important for people to know and to hear, you know, no matter how wild and crazy it may get on here, that Christ is in control. Christ has dominion over all. All these principalities that have controlled this and done this and, and been worshipped at this time, they're all squashed under the under the foot of Jesus. That's right. Yep. I think it's important what you guys are doing with Shadow Appalachia to show that yep. from that perspective. I think it's important what you guys are doing with your podcast to make people aware of that. And again, your guys' audience is probably a lot different than our audience. But when you combine, when you you build this tribe like we're doing and you're putting all these different perspectives out there with one singular centered truth, Mm. that's just, it's, I don't know, it's awesome to me. It's awesome. Yep. Well, I agree. And uh, probably a good place to to bring this, to land this plane. And and I, I just affirm ex- everything that you said there, especially the message that Christ is King and that he's, he is Lord. And ultimately, I mean, that's my hope for everything that we're producing here that, and that they can come away with a comprehensive understanding of what it means that Jesus is King and um, what that means for the world that you live in and what that means for the powers of darkness that are out there. You know, Paul says in Colossians, you know, 2, 14 through 15, that Christ through, you know, through being pierced for our transgressions and all of that stuff, that he also disarmed the rulers and the principalities and that he put them to open shame, triumphing over them in him. And so, you know, uh, no matter how dark the world gets, no matter how dark things may get in your own life, um, there is a, a, a king of light that you can look to and order your life according to. And uh, like you said, his, his name has power. Um, so much so that the early church um, in the first century, whenever they were writing, actually said that during that time, 
the gods, the old gods, just so happen to stop talking. And the reason why is it's that's the world after Christ. Um, now, obviously, we're kind of entering into a, a resurgence of paganism out there in the world. And, you know, the old gods are starting to come back and they're starting to talk again. But the reality is this, uh, Christ is king and he is Lord. That's what it means that he is Lord. And uh, whenever that message is proclaimed, that message has power. And uh, in the same way that he has put his enemies under his feet in the past, he will and can continue to do the same thing in the present and on into the future as well until earth becomes a reflection of heaven. So, yeah, man, I'm clipping that. That's the sound bite. <laughs> That's the sound bite right there. there you go. No, I love it, guys. I appreciate it big time. Appreciate you guys being on here. We're really, really looking forward to what you guys are working on. Um, I had a blast, guys. Honestly, we did too. We did too. Thank, thank you. I had a blast. Good. Well, and and we're going to have to do this again sometime. Oh, I mean, this was. Oh yeah. There needs to be follow up. There's more questions. I'm just holding back (laughs) till we hit stop record. There we go. Well, I I feel like we really only talked about a portion of what I would really like to talk about. Like I have all these questions and all these things and topics coming into this that I wanted to talk about and. So I think we definitely need to do we need to do this more often, and also something that I would like to start doing. Well, I can talk to you guys about that when we get done recording. Yeah. But Same. before we before we jump off here, Josh Richie, again, appreciate you guys so much. Let the Hill folk know everywhere they can find you, how they can support you, how they can flock to you, and how they can help you build Sword and Staff and Shadow Appalachia. Yeah, well, well, thank you so much for that. Thank you so much for having us on. Uh, we really do appreciate it. And uh, so you you can keep up with uh, Richie and I and the work that we're doing. Um, probably the best place to follow us is on Instagram. We're probably more active on uh, we're not. We are by far more active on there than we are anywhere else. And you can find us at Sword and Staff Order. Um, we're also on Facebook too. Uh, www.facebook.com backslash Sword and Staff Order. We're not as active on Facebook. The algorithm just does not treat us well on Facebook in comparison to Instagram. We're really active on Instagram. Um, also, we have a now we do have an active community on Facebook. We have a group called the Order of the Sword and Staff, and there's a few hundred people or so in there, and there's conversation happening in there. So if you are on Facebook and want to connect, you just type that in. You can find us. You've got a bunch of security questions you have to answer to get in. We don't just let anybody in. I tell people this all the time. If you want in, you've got to answer the questions. There is a gatekeeper, (laughs) and he will not let you in. Um, That gatekeeper is me. Yeah. If Uh, if you really want to have some conversations and dig deep into our stuff, we have a, a Discord. That's the best place. If you're really wanting conversation, we have a Discord server called the Sword and Staff Multiverse. Head on over to our website at www.swordandstaff.net. Up on the top corner or down on the bottom, uh, maybe both even, there are like little icons you can click. There's a Facebook one, there's an Instagram one, and then there's a Discord one. You can click that. It'll take you to our Discord server, and there is always crazy conversations happening in there constantly. Um, so you can, find, you can find us there. Um, also, if you want to support the work that we're doing, you and especially Shadow Appalachia, you can go to our, our swordandstaff.net website. There's a place that you can donate there. Uh, the best place, though, is Patreon, www.patreon.com backslash swordandstafforder. Gosh, we do so much stuff on Patreon. I mean, yep. we just sent out a bunch of swag boxes. 
to our patrons. Uh, they we, like usually like what we're planning on doing is every so often we just take that money and we use it as an opportunity to give back. And like we just sent out a, like swag boxes with like T-shirts in them, copies of the Mothman prophecies, a bunch of stickers, and we sent them out to our patrons. And we plan on doing that stuff every so often. But yeah, there's different tiers there. We on also on occasion we do uncut editions of the Sword and Staff. We'll talk for another thirty minutes or so after it goes off, and it gives patrons some exclusive content. We drop stuff there first as well. If you want to keep up with Shadow Appalachia, there is a YouTube channel, Shadow Appalachia. You can find it. Uh, all the content's been shared across different platforms. It's on the Shadow Appalachia channel, Ward Heine's Dark Holler channel. He's posting it on there. And then Tony's the Confessionals channel. Tony Merkel. Um, so we are, as of, uh, I think that it's safe to say this, um, we are releasing this um, in uh, conjunction with Tony Merkel's Merkel Media. Um, and so you can find it on the Confessionals page as well. The trailer is there as well. And so, yeah, I think that about covers it. I think that's all the places that you can find us if you want to find us. And um, I think that's it. Yep. <clears throat> awesome. Awesome. Heel folk, go check these guys out. What they're doing is super important. And they need your love. They need your support. They need you sure. to flock to them. Flock to them. Run to them. Drive to them. However you want to take the transportation to get to them, just do it. Okay? Or just I mean, go where they just told you to. Support them. <laughs> Same, same thing with our with our listeners too. Uh, same thing with Sword and Staff listeners. Go go follow these guys too. Um, you can find them on Instagram too. They've got a podcast, all that. I mean, you guys can feel free to throw that out there in our community too. That way that they can follow y'all. Yeah, we'll link everybody up in the yeah. We'll put it in our show, show release. Yeah, Take for sure. Away, any, any of the Sword and Staff uh, uh, folks out there listening to this, you can follow Appalachian Intelligence. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, uh, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel at Appalachian Intelligence. You can follow us on all the social medias. Again, we're, we're probably more active on Instagram as well. I think, you know, like Josh said, the, the algorithms are a little nicer over there. Um, we actually will have a Patreon set up and going in the next few days. We've uh, held off on that as long as we possibly can. We have people asking for it now. Uh, so that should be up and going so you can keep your eye open for that um and if you have crazy weird stories and would like to share them with us or come on the show and be a guest to tell us your crazy weird stories you can send us an email at Appalachian Intelligence at gmail.com uh we'd love to hear them we'd love to have you guys on we're all about, as you can see throughout this conversation, we're all about just having great conversation and building the tribe. So, there we go. Y'all come check us out too. I probably missed a lot, but that's quick and easy. I think you got it all. <laughs> but again, Josh and Richie, thank you guys so much for coming on. We'll definitely do this again. Ryan, love you, brother. Love you, buddy. Thank you so much. Heel folk. Me. Absolutely. Thank you for having us as well. Yeah. Heel folk. So y'all have a name for your for your audience? We just call it the Sword and Staff Multiverse. <laughs> oh, I love. That's good enough. Swords good and enough. Staffers. Swords and Staffers. Love it. <laughs> Heel folk. S and S Multiverse. There we go. There Until go. next time. Until next time. We'll Love see y'all. <laughs> we'll see y'all later. 
See you, see you. Man.